preach and teach on a very important subject. Initially, I was going to teach on service, the gateway to greatness, but the Lord changed the message when it was around 5.30 p.m. And he said, I should come and preach on the giant killing generation. Hallelujah. Wherever you are, give the Lord a clap offering. The giant, the giant killing generation. Amen. Lift up your right hand wherever you are. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for such a moment, for such a privilege to come to your people on this platform. I pray that the declaration of your word will bring a blessing on everyone hearing this message. I pray for clarity in Jesus' name. Amen. The giant killing generation. God is raising a generation of giant killers. A generation who don't look like giants, but they are going to bring down giants. And this evening, as I minister the word of God, may the anointing that raises a giant killer come upon you in the name of Jesus. David, my preaching tonight is going to be based on David. David. We're going to look at David, the man David. He, he, he's so peculiar to our walk with God, and we need to study his life very carefully. Now, David had to face a giant once upon a time in his life. And the announcement for you is that in your life, you will need to face a giant. You may be ready for the giant or you may not be ready, but one day, you and I have to face a giant. And for the world at large, at this moment, we are facing the giant of our lives called coronavirus. Yeah. And coronavirus did not take God by surprise. It's not as though God did not know that today we'll be fighting Corona. But God had prophesied in his word that in the end time, perilous times will come. But though they will come, God makes provision for the preservation and the protection of his people. This event will not end your life. I said, this event will not end your life. In the name of Jesus. Today, you and I cannot run away from giants of life if we want to be great. Greatness will demand that once upon your time, once upon a time, you need to face a giant in your life and overcome that giant if you will be great. Greatness is not birth on a silver platter. People who overcome giants automatically enter into the realm of greatness. Giants like sin, sickness, fear, failures, financial hardship, generational curses, generational occurrences. You will have to face one of them. 
you will have to face one of them. And if you overcome, if you overcome, then you enter into that realm of greatness. Until Goliath brought, until David brought down Goliath, David wasn't great. You cannot be great without overcoming the giant. And I'm praying that by the end of this teaching, an anointing will come upon you that no giant that you face in your life shall overcome your life. Somebody give the Lord a clap offering in the house. Anything that tries to pull your faith down is a giant of life. Any event that tries to pull your faith down, anything that tries to pull your faith down, any event that shakes your faith is a giant. Any circumstance that puts your faith to test is a giant. Poverty is a giant. Failure is a giant. Continue, you know, there's failure and there's failure. <laughs> Continuous failure is a wild giant. Barrenness is a giant. Follow the teaching. But I see God raise in you a David that will bring down that Goliath in your lifetime. In the name of Jesus, you shall win the battle against your giant. You shall win the battle against your giant. Ghana will win the battle against Corona. The world will win the battle against Corona. In the mighty name of Jesus, I want to pull some lessons from, from the story about David in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 16. So we're going to move from one verse to one verse and learn certain things we need to know if we have to bring the giant in our lives down, in our generation. And then lesson number one, if I have to bring down my giant to be great. Remember this month we are talking about greatness. Number one. If you have to bring down your giant, number one, oil must be found on your head. <laughs> oil must be working on your life. You must be a man or a woman Carrying an anointing. Anointing must be upon your life if that giant facing you will come down. Because if you move in your flesh, that giant has been a champion from the days of his youth. The only terrain you have the upper hand is in the terrain of the supernatural. No giant will bow to a natural man. If your giant will come down, you must be anointed. You must be anointed if Goliath will fall to your sword. First Samuel chapter 16 verse 13. Follow the teaching. 
Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. So amongst the brethren, David was the one that killed Goliath because when the oil came to his house, it was his head the oil settled on. If your giant will come down, you need the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Today's church, we actually don't use or make use of the anointing. We only enjoy it in church when people are falling and breaking chairs. But the anointing is more than just falling under the power. The proof of the anointing on your life, if you want to, we, I believe that one of the most anointed people on the surface of the earth is our general overseer, Dr. Mensah Otaba. If you say you are anointed, we must see your works. Yeah. An anointed man is a man full of works. You can do greater works. You can achieve much as a believer without the oil. The anointing is the capacity of God working in incapable men. If your Goliath will fall, you need to stay anointed. Oil must be fresh on your head. You must have oil. Your oil must not dry up. I look in the Bible, I saw how Saul died, and I saw the lamentation of David. He said, why do you die as though you are not anointed? That means that the anointing should have certain things exhibiting in our lives. When Abner died, David goes again and said, why do you die as a fool? David, the Bible said, then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren and the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Say they anointed him. Oil represents the anointed. So David was anointed in the power of the Spirit of God. When the Spirit of God came upon a man, comes upon a man, it accomplishes what God wants to be accomplished. Not what the man can accomplish. Let me repeat that. When the anointing comes upon a man, the anointing accomplishes in the man what God wants to be accomplished and not what that man can accomplish. So left to David's stature alone, he cannot bring down Goliath, but there was an additive, which was the anointing. If your Goliath will come down, you need to stay anointed. In chapter 16, David was anointed. In chapter 17, David is killing Goliath. You can't ignore the oil 
if men will not ignore you. You cannot ignore the oil if you don't want men to ignore you. You ignore the oil, men will ignore you because the oil keeps you relevant in your generation. Any Goliath standing between you and your greatness, I prophesy by the anointing, you shall overcome it in the name of Jesus. I prophesy over the nation by the presence of the anointed children of God, we shall overcome coronavirus in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You may have failed to kill your Goliath in chapter 1 to chapter 16. But after 16, when you are anointed, when he appears in 17, he will fall down. Get anointed if you want to overcome giants in your life. Diseases fall by the anointing. Failure will fall by the anointing. Whatever it is, it will fall by the anointing. I prophesy the anointing over your life. I prophesy the anointing over your life. You shall be a giant killer in your generation in the mighty name of Jesus. David carried an anointing over his head. And the Bible said, touch not my anointed and do my prophet no harm. That message was for any enemy. That message was for any enemy. So whether the enemy was a dwarf, whether the enemy was a giant, whether the enemy is, is a devil, is poverty, is sickness, is failure, is frustration, God declares a word that touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. Can I tell you something? When you are anointed, you carry a statement of touch not. Of touch not. In darkness, there is touch not. In the lion's den, there is touch not. Through the valley of shadow of death, there is a touch knot on your forehead. I prophesy to you and your family members. I declare to coronavirus concerning you, your life, that it cannot touch you because the Bible has said, ah, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. I declare the touch not clause over your life. You are untouchable by demonic forces, by sicknesses and diseases, by the plagues of the earth. May the anointing preserve your life, preserve the lives of your children, preserve the life of your spouse, preserve the life of your family, even the animals you farm with, may they be preserved by the power of the anointing in the name of Jesus. When, when David got anointed, his personality changed because the anointing begins to fix things in your life. I see the anointing fixing things in your life, it will fix things in your life. It will cause you to flourish. It will cause you to prosper. It will cause you to grow from strength to strength. From glory to glory. From excellence to excellence. The anointing corrects certain things in your life. If there is a yoke, it will be broken. When the anointing hits your life, if there is a yoke, it shall be broken. 
Isaiah chapter 10 verse 27. He said, by the anointing, the yoke shall be destroyed. It means that when the anointing is functioning in your life, if you know how to engage the oil over your life, yokes shall be broken. I prophesy over your life. The yoke of any plague is broken. The yoke of poverty is broken. You are bringing down that giant. Receive the capacity of the anointed over your life in the name of Jesus. When the Spirit of God comes upon you, you receive power. Say power. You receive power. Without power, you can't achieve anything. He said, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. When you receive the anointing, you receive power. You receive exousia. You receive dunamis. You receive the energy of God to accomplish things. And let me tell you, God is interested in superly anointing you. The problem is that many of us are not growing in the anointing. But you can grow in the anointing. Everybody, not a prophet, not a pastor, not an apostle, not an evangelist, not a teacher. Any believer who wants to grow in the anointing. The Bible talks about Ezekiel having an encounter where the water was at the ankle level. He closed his eyes, opened again. He saw the, the water at the knee level. He closed his eyes, opened again. He saw the water at the waist level. He closed his eyes, opened again. He saw it, has, it means that you can grow in the anointed if you so desire. I'm praying for you that you will have one ambition in your life that you will grow in the anointed. You will grow in the anointed. The anointing will have expression over your life. Now remember, Saul was anointed, but he didn't know how to position himself to allow the oil to work for him. So he cut circuit what God wanted to do with him. We must desire to grow in the anointing. And I'm praying for you that in 2020, yeah, we are in the third month, but in 2020, I declare upon your life in this atmosphere where people are afraid and timid and, and fear seem to have gripped people, you will use this moment to retreat and get closer to your God. Build some muscles, build some oil because God is giving you a testimony. That giant will come down. By the time you close your eyes and open, by the time you are 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, 70 years, and you look at the achievement that God has used your life to achieve, all that you will say is that this is the finger of the Lord. This is the hand of the Lord. This is the doing of the Lord. And it is marvelous in our sight. You must continuously charge yourself in the anointing. Too many carnal Christians today. We must charge ourselves in the anointing. I'm not teaching on how to grow in the anointing. I'm teaching on how to bring down your giant. I've shown you how to entertain the oil. How to massage the oil. How to keep the oil flowing. Now, in those days when, when the, the horn of the prophet is always filled with oil. But it is hung in, in, in their offices or in their rooms. And it's always fat. 
the oil becomes fat. So it turns from oil to like something like a margarine in the home. So when there is a word for someone, they heat it. They warm it. Ah. If you don't heat the oil, it can't work. And there are things that you must do to entertain the oil. Saul did not know it, but David knew it. They were all anointed king. But one failed. One did not fail. I pray that you will not fail Jesus in your time. I pray that you will not fail heaven in your time. In the mighty name of Jesus. Number two thing you need to do, if you have to bring down your Goliath, is that you need to eliminate any fear and intimidation in your life. You need to eliminate fear and intimidation out of your life. You cannot walk in fear and become great in life. You cannot be a man who is easily intimidated. Yes, you cannot. I remember when we started going live, some men of God were like, what are you going live to preach on? What are you going to say? When did you come? It was very disheartening. But if you are a man of fear, you would have quelled in. If I had quelled in and we are in a season like this, we are now going to look for equipment. You see, men who grow to be great are men who don't fear anything. If you want to manifest greatness, you must intimidate fear and intimidate the intimidating factor. Yeah. There was no way Goliath could put fear into David. Goliath managed to put fear into Saul, but could not put fear into David. Great men are fearless men. Great men cannot be intimidated. No matter what they face, no matter their personality, there is something in them that seed of greatness will not allow any fear to overtake them. And I pray for Ghana, this great nation, that we will not allow the fear of coronavirus to take out the glory of the Lord. But we prophesy that the word of the Lord will fill Ghana as the waters cover the sea. In the name of Jesus Christ. 40 days, Goliath held the whole army of Israel into captivity. He intimidated them for 40 days. 40 days. 40 days is a very prophetic number. 40 days. Jesus fasted for 40 days. There's something about the number 40. I won't go into it today because I don't want to digress. For 40 days, Goliath was sitting on their joy. The king was afraid. The army generals were afraid. The majors, the generals, the brigadier generals, whatever, they were all scared. And as long as they remain in fear, they cannot overtake the enemy. If you fear your giant, your giant has already defeated you. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 4 to 8. A 
And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of God, whose height was six cubits and span. Can you give me the GNT? Let me be comfortable today. He said, and wore bronze armor that weighed 125 pounds and a bronze helmet. Verse 6. His legs were also protected by bronze army. And he carried a bronze javelin slung over his shoulders. Verse 7. His spear was as thick as the bar on the weaver's loom. And his iron head weighed about 15 pounds. Wow. A soldier walked in front of him, carrying his shield. His shield, his shield. A whole human being has to carry his shield. And a soldier is not a short man. A soldier is above five feet. And he has to hold the shield. How tall was David? The armor bearer alone should intimidate David. Every soldier holds his shield and fight. But this one, a whole soldier holds the shield. He should intimidate David. But he did not. Nothing of the enemy will intimidate you. Goliath stood and shouted at Israelites, at the Israelites, What are you doing there? Line up for battle. I am a Philistine. You slaves of Saul, choose one of you, your men, to fight me. Look, it takes one man to silence the giant that is tormenting your life. One man. That giant that is tormenting your family, God wants to raise you. God wants to raise you to silence that demon. To silence that situation. To silence that generational curse. And I see you rising up. Yes, you watching me. I see the anointing coming upon you. You will be the one to silence that Goliath in your family. In the mighty name of Jesus. Goliath is powerful and has an intimidating figure. When Saul and all the Israelites heard him speak, they were all filled with fear and greatly discouraged. In fact, David himself, when he heard it, he ran away with the army people. Because the Bible said all the army people ran when the man was speaking. Initially. If you see a champion, if you see a great man, it doesn't mean the man was never afraid. But somewhere in his life, something put fear in him. But he had the ability to overcome that fear. I'm praying for you tonight that you will not allow fear to take dominion over your life. That negative prophecy you had that put fear in you. I stand on the holy altar of the Lord and I prophesy. We counter that prophecy. We declare you shall not die. You will live to declare the word of the Lord. You will not die poor. You will be blessed. You will not die in a mystery. You will die in the miracles of the Lord. The Lord will make a statement with your life. Whoever has cursed you, that has put fear over your life. They said you will make it for us to see. Will you finish school for us to see? They will see you do what they don't want you to do. 
I prophesy over your life. I command fear out of you. I command intimidation out of you. You don't serve a dead God. You don't serve a miserable God. You don't serve a hopeless God. You serve the I am that I am. The possessor of heaven and earth. The maker of heaven and earth. The one who commanded the sun to, to be in its position and the stars to be in their position. I declare upon your life, this your God, the plans he has for you, they are good and not of evil. It will not bring you to an unexpected end. It is bringing you to an unexpected end. I prophesy, receive the grace of God to become a great person. Give the Lord a clap in the house. If you have to be great, if you have to be great, you must overcome fear. We fail to advance because we allow situations to intimidate us. To intimidate us. The enemy is not resting on a single day. So if you allow him space in your life, he will turn your life upside down. So the Bible warns us, give him no space, absolutely give him no space in your life. Because you give the devil one inch, he will take a kilometer. One shot of fear can deny you years of blessings. May God raise in you, yes, everyone watching, may God raise in you a fearless spirit to take on that Goliath in your life. In the name of Jesus. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8 to 9. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8 to 9. He said, be alert. Be on watch. Tell somebody, be on watch. Tell yourself, be on watch. Mention your name and tell yourself, be on watch. Your enemy, the devil. So your actual enemy is not your auntie or your uncle. They are employees of the enemy. So the Bible said, your enemy, the devil, roams around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The enemy doesn't rest a day. Verse 9. Be firm in your faith. Be firm in your faith. And resist him. Because you know that other believers in all the world are going through the same kind of suffering. As if the new coronavirus will come today. All over the world, we are facing the same thing. But the Bible said, be firm in your faith. Be firm. Be firm in your faith. Be strong in the law and in the power of his mind. Don't give him a room to operate in your life. Don't allow the enemy's space. The space of the enemy in your life is the spirit of fear. Fear is the space of the enemy in your life. Give the enemy no space. Many times in the face of fears, I turn to God in a manner that I, I tend to love 
Because there are some ways you don't go to God until certain threatens your destiny. Certain things threatens your destiny. The way Hannah went before God eh, is very unusual. And because it was an unusual encounter, he received an unusual gift. Sometimes the best moment you can have with your father is when you are broken and when you are afraid of a certain event. Most of the lovely times, if you had a good father and a good parental relationship, most of the best moments you cherish the strength of your father is when you didn't know what to do, when you look vulnerable, when you look hopeless, when you look disarrayed. That moment when your daddy steps in and speaks to you, you see that the waters are calm. Because if the water is not calm, you make a mistake. When fear grips you, you miss the mark. And the giant in your life will continue to reign. Give the devil no space in your life. Anytime fear is manifesting in your life, you must understand that that is the language of the enemy around you. Because he will throw in the fear. When the fear is able to grip you, it comes he comes in his full power and wicked acts. But when he sends fear, and fear doesn't come back, but you arrest fear and cast it out, the devil has no stronghold over your life. Fear, you know, one of the wicked things the devil does is to play your past to you. The past you are folded. I watched an interview where Mike Tyson was being interviewed and the person was digging into his past. He got angry. He nearly beat the guy. My past is my past. I was blind, but now I can see. So why are you using the state of my blindness to still relate with me when I can see? Does it make sense? It doesn't make sense. When I'm blind, you help me to walk. I cannot walk. I may not be able to even go to the loo myself. So the way you relate to a blind man is different from the way you relate to somebody who can see. But you see, people who get intimidated and jealous and envy and does, do not understand why God can take a useless thing like some of us to do the things he wants us to do, you see that the people keep playing your past. But I'm here to tell you, don't be afraid of their words. Don't be afraid of their trap. But I declare upon your life, uh, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. He carried the cross. He endured pain. He endure shame because there was a joy ahead of him. I pray for you tonight that you will not allow fear, fear and the intimidation of men to take over your life. Somebody give the Lord a clap offering in the house. This is your must know scripture against fear. Must know. We must know this scripture. I think 1 John 4, 4. 1 John 4, 4. Ye are little children and have overcome the world. For greater is he that is in you than he 
that is in the world. So in the GNT, so those who are watching us, make sure you get your soluble vitamin C to boost your immune system so that you'll be strong in and out. Amen. But you belong to God. My children, and have defeated the false prophet because the spirit. Now, who is a false prophet? Anyone that tells you things contrary to the word of God, whether in clerical or not in clerical, is a false prophet. If you cannot prophesy the will of God, you're a false prophet. So he said, But you belong to God. My children and have defeated the false prophet because the spirit who is in you is more powerful. Watch that phrase. The spirit who is in you is more powerful. It means that the other spirit that is in the world is powerful. But the one that is in you is more powerful. Anything that is powerful can have power over your life if you allow it. <laughs> Anything that is powerful can capture your life if you allow it. But he said the spirit that is in you is more powerful <laughs> than the spirit in those who belong to the world. Do not get intimidated with the issues of life. Don't start writing your will because of coronavirus. No. So some people have just started lying down and started doing, hey, so if I leave, what will happen? <laughs> if I leave, what will happen? Hey, should I write all my bank accounts and password down? Can I speak to you? You are not dying now. You will live to see your great-grandchildren. You will live to see your great-grandchildren in the name of Jesus. Give the Lord a clap offering. Number three, you must kill smaller enemies if your Goliath will come down. There are some enemies you need to defeat. Hello? Hello? David killed the lion, killed the bear before killing Goliath. God will prepare you for your Goliath in similar situations. What I mean is, if your Goliath is not a strong being, you will not go through certain issues of life. So sometimes when you see somebody going through certain issues of life, don't be quick to judge. The person is in God's training school. The person is being prepared for something great. So you will see the person going through things. Hey, this one, the Obreu, Obia, Wari, Onwareda, Se, Oyare, sickness. There are some people, and when you see their lives, it's full of troubles. Sometimes God is indicating to them the kind of future that is ahead of them. It's great. They must kill their lions, kill their bear, and get their Goliath down. There are certain things we need to overcome 
if we will bring down our Goliath. If we will bring down the giant of our lives. David was seriously engaged in his father's business. He was there. He was, you see, he, he wasn't like his brothers. He was putting his life to good use. Lazy men don't become great. Lazy men don't have opportunities to be great. David was in the bush taking care of animals. Oh, but you know, if I'm going to be king, God, what type of training is this? If I'm going to be king, let me start rehearsing how kings stop. <laughs> Hello, my people. Let me learn how kings walk. Hello, my people. Um, I greet you greetings from our ancestors. Um, as your king, huh? no. <laughs> God said, you are going to be king. But you see, the training to kingship is not predicted by men. I have the syllables. And sometimes in the syllables, no, Every medical student studied mathematics. Every university student studied uh, communication skills. There are some things that God uses to train us, but we, we, we don't think they are that important. We think that it's not the main thing. I know of a church where they are training their pastors. They take their pastors to go and take care of animals. You become a gate man. Yeah. The trainings of God, Moses was going to be a leader. Why should God push him to the wilderness for 40 years? Because there are certain things he needs to overcome. Because one day, Israel must be in the wilderness for 40 years. And it is you, Moses, you are going to lead them. You can't step from the palace, a dada, a dada be prince, and lead my people. No. Go there for 40 years. Come back and take them through for 40 years. You see, God is going to expect you eh, to achieve certain things in order to prepare you to bring down that giant. David did not bring down the giant because he was 17 years old. Oh, he's nice. A 17-year-old, ambitious. David was not that ambitious. It was not ambition that led him to bring down Goliath. He had killed a bear before. What have you killed? You don't just kill a lion. You should have learned how to kill a lion. So, until before your limelight, what are you achieving? When we say fast, you fast. Go to school, you go to school. Steady, you steady. Pray, you pray. Serve, you serve. Overcome that sexual immorality. You have allowed yourself to be captured. Sacrifice, you will not sacrifice. There are certain enemies you need to overcome if you will be prepared to bring down that Goliath. 
There are little foxes in our lives we need to deal with if we can bring down the giants in our lives. Little, little foxes spoil the vine. Songs of Solomon 2, 15. Quickly. We need to, God expects us to achieve things. Believers cannot fast. We can't pray. We love to sing more than we know we love to worship. When under the band church services, some believers are happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For four weeks. Ah! Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. There's nothing like rehearsals, no prayer meeting. Some of us were very sad. I'm, I'm trying to imagine because I'm suspecting it's not going to be four weeks alone. Oh, yeah, I, I suspect there'll be another one. Because there'll not be any assurance after four weeks. The fifth week, people are not coming. And that is when they are, they are coming to church. So some believers are, they are like, ah, Charlie, we are free. No, Charlie, we need 10 people to give us thousands. We will, we will say it in this microphone. <laughs> There's nothing I've come to raise farms. We will raise power. You, we are, you are watching. You raise. <laughs> the Bible said, catch the foxes. The little foxes before they ruin our vineyard in bloom. In bloom means that the, 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 the harvest has come. If you don't stop the little foxes, you will lose your harvest. The destiny of your vineyard is in your ability to overcome that little foxes. The next point is that your bag must not be empty. Your bag must not be empty. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 40. He took his shepherd's stick and then picked up five smooth stones from the stream and put them in his bag. With his sling ready, he went out to meet Goliath. You don't meet Goliath with an empty bag. Unpreparedness is a recipe for failures. David knew he was anointed, but he was ready for battle. Are you ready to battle for what you believe is yours? Enough with the quotations and start with the commitments. Enough with the quotations. The devil knows the quotations. Knowing your right does not bring the blessing, but doing your duties. Enough with quotations. The devil can quote more than you because you will miss the words, but he knows it. When you get committed to the quotations, when you do what the quotations are saying, you receive the blessings of the quotations. Your bag must not be empty. David had weapons in his life. Weapons. David knew how to do warfare. David knew how to pray. 
David knew how to repent before God. David knew how to say, I'm sorry. David knew how to be real before God. David never faked his personality before God. You and I, we fake our personality before God. We sin and become a compound material. It becomes normal. And we have so many reasons for which, for which reason. And we preach all kinds of messages to cover our immorality. Sleeping with girls, sleeping with men in the church, in your home, in your area. And you hear messages that encourages the believer to work in vices that terminates our oil, contaminates oil. And now, people have been preached to a certain message, so it has become normal. Sleeping with young, 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 young prophets and young, young, young pastors. And they have their squad. Look. God is not blind. Your life must not be empty. David knew how to repent. We don't know how to repent. We, we justify our weakness by preaching a certain kind of grace message. David's bag was not empty. Anytime your bag is empty, know that Goliath will overcome you. David was a wise man. David was a tactician. David was a praising man, a worshiper. David was deadly in love with God. David has something in his bag. What do you have in your bag? Goliath was no match for David. Not because of the oil alone, but David had something in his bag. If you will bring down your Goliath, if you bring down your giant, you must have something in your bag. Hallelujah. So when God was sending Moses, Moses needed a rod. You can't go and stand before Pharaoh and speak grammar. And you say, take. No, you must demonstrate power. Pharaoh will not let you go until you demonstrate power. Goliath won't die until power exchanges hands. So you must have something, Daniel, in your life. If your giant will fall, that is why you cannot be wasting your life, oh. Because after 40 years, we will know what you are doing with your life. What do you have in your bag? His bag talked about his life. David knew how to use the spiritual weapons. Look, David was so spiritual. Can you hear from God? As a child of God. If you hear from God, do you know? I, I know I've been waiting for all the, those prophets who are saying they prophesied the coronavirus into being. It is not our problem. Prophesy it out. Yeah. I've been telling us a calamity is coming. You're not giving. When Elijah prophesied out the rain, he prophesied it in. Do you get me? Prophecy must not be joked with. Yet the dear grow too much. 
it's, it's a force. We need the dust here, the Lord man. Elijah appears. There was a plague in the water. Everybody drinks water. You are bought a child. You, you miscarry. People were dying, animals. He said, bring me salt. That was it. That was it. I feel so embarrassed as a pastor. Because look, God must raise a certain group of generation, a certain group of people in this generation to show forth the power of God. Because if, if people like A. Allen entered into a plague zone, took samples, that should infect them. They killed the virus, put under the microscope. They saw the virus there. <laughs> we are running. We are running. But you see, a time is coming. Sometimes when the church is persecuted, that is when the power of God is revealed. I'm praying that your bag will not be empty. The church is never defeated on the surface of the earth. Because God said, Jesus said, I will build my church. And the gate of hell shall not prevail over it. Is your bag empty? Do you have stones in your bag? Have something. Pray for some hours. Have you prayed more than seven hours alone before? Have you fasted alone three days dry before? Unto me, yeah. start at eleven, and I be be young. That's why me me start fasting at this age. Five stones you must not. That must not be missing in your life. Number one, the word of God. Hebrews four twelve. Number two, the force of prayer. Acts chapter 12, verse 18. Number three, giving. All forms of giving. Your first fruits, your offerings, your sacrifices, your time, giving. Second Kings chapter 4. Number four, thanksgiving, remaining grateful. These are weapons that must be Thanksgiving is a weapon. Colossians 4.2 The next one, the blood of Jesus. Revelation 12.11 For they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. The church today have neglected the word of God so grossly. So grossly. We have rejected the word of the Lord. So grossly. So, so grossly. They have no time. We, we just don't have time for God. So, I, 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 as I told you, some people are excited to come for teaching service and miracle. Some of us feel sick because we've lived our lives all around church. As much as we know how to fellowship with God in private, there is nothing like corporate worship. But the enemy shall be defeated in the name of Jesus. Let me treat the last one. Do not despise small beginnings. 
if your giant will come down. Do not despise small beginnings. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 45 to 48. He said, David answered, you are coming against me with sword, spear, javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Jesus, in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the Israelite, the Israelite army, which you have defiled. Verse 48, 46. This very day the Lord will put you in my power. I will defeat you and cut off your head. And I will give the bodies of the Philistine soldiers to the bears and the animals to eat. Then the whole world will know that Israel has a God. Verse 47. And everyone here will see that the Lord does not need swords or spears to save his people. He is victorious in battle and he will put all of you in our power. Verse 48. Goliath started walking towards David again. And David ran quickly toward the Philistines. Philistine battle line to fight him. David knew it was the Lord who would fight the battle because of his relationship with him. If you don't relate well with God, you will not know what he can do for you. But David knew. He cared not about the weapon size of Goliath because he knew who was in him. He that was in him was greater than he that was in the world. Goliath knew God could do more than he could expect. If your God can do all that you can expect, then he's not your God. God, the one we serve, he does exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ever ask or think. David knew that God will not fail him. The word is powerful. When we get committed to the word, the word will win the battles for us. No giant can stop you in your life. I speak to you. I speak into your life. Don't despise small beginnings. You may not be strong today. Your strength may be little, but that strength can take on your Goliath and bring your Goliath down. I'm praying for you tonight as I wrap up my teaching that God will raise you as a giant killer in the name of Jesus. Close your eyes and let's pray. I want you to pray. Prayer number one, that God release the grace, release the grace to be able to face my Goliath, to face the giant in my life. Release that grace upon my life. Pray for one Meleko Shada Baba. Palagadaba Kasayaya. Mekole Mekaziya Kalabayas. Malogo Segrabadua Zekalabataya. Malagadaba Lagadababa. Intakabalababo Santa. Impakatakaya Marakataba. We receive the grace in the mighty name of Jesus. Rabakatakaba. You want to pray that every spirit of fear that has crippled you, that is in you, that stops you from believing what God can do with your life. You want to pray that God will deliver you in the name of Jesus. For God did not give us the spirit of fear again. Hey, Marakatabala. We did not receive the, the spirit of fear. No. But the spirit of adoption Mekala da bakata, lebre kete kelebas, 
In the name of Jesus, you want to pray that you will cross the enemy's line. You will cross the enemy's line. You will cross every line the enemy has set against your life. You will cross it in the name of Jesus. 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 Now listen to me. One day I went to visit someone who was who works in the in the theater. I went to visit a surgeon. And when we got to the floor, just after the lift ends in Kolebu, there is a red line. That red line, you cannot cross it. <laughs> no matter who you are, you cannot cross it if you are not a surgeon or a staff. So you stand there. And then your surgeon friend can come, but the line will be between the two of you. You are going to pray this last prayer. Whoever, those watching us online, that any line the enemy has crossed and said you can never cross this line in your life, that line is a giant. You are bringing it down right now by prayer. In the next 30 seconds, pray that any line the enemy has crossed for me and has declared I can never cross it. By the power of the Holy Ghost, I'm crossing it in the name of Jesus. Lift your voice and pray. In shakata. In Antakayana. God is able. God is able. I see you bringing out your giants in the name of Jesus. Father, we give you praise. We thank you for such a great word. I pray that your grace will continue to be upon us. I pray for my hearers. I pray for all those online. I pray that the anointing to bring down our Goliath has been released upon us. We make a declaration that we cannot fail. We cannot fear the enemy again. We declare that coronavirus is defeated in the name of Jesus. We will sleep and wake up and it will not be found on the land again. In the name of Jesus, I pray for everyone afraid of destiny. I pray for anyone that cannot see the future. I declare that by the word of the Lord tonight, you are bringing that Goliath down. You will be celebrated. You will be honored. You will be favored. You will be blessed in your time. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a clap offering wherever you are.